Pastor Greg Davis. Hello, hello. God bless you. Hello and welcome in your homes. God bless you for gathering in a life group. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Everybody at the Crossing Church, family, visitors, come on, can we welcome our, our wonderful military around the world? Give them a big hand. Come on, God is good. Everybody representing three campuses, Tampa, South Shore, Plant City, God is good. He is on his throne today. God is on his throne. We, uh, we want to we wanna begin today and just talk a little bit about why we're here. We're, we're gathered at the Tampa campus, the broadcast campus, and uh, we're here with some staff and uh, servant leaders and some of our prayer partners. Come on, can we give it up for our intercessory prayer team? God is so good. Amen. You'd like to come to this gathering, you can join the intercessory prayer team. God bless you. Uh, and, and so if you're a guest or a visitor and you're, you're in somebody's life group or you're at home, we welcome you. Come on, church, can we welcome our guests and visitors? Give them a big hand. God bless you. If your very first time, we're live streaming. The reason why we're here is threefold. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis uh, asked for large group gatherings, over 1,000, to sort of uh, hold for a little while, not to gather that many people. And so we want to be respectful of that. We also want to take our responsibility serious. And it's kind of like a hurricane season when we want to respond at the highest level. And then we also want to respond to the Lord in faith. Okay? We just, we just want to respond in faith. And, and we know that God is on his throne, that he's here, he's with us. And so we're not gathering together, but we're still getting together. Amen? We're not gathering together all in the, you know, we could technically have been sort of under the threshold but we really feel like it was our responsibility and, and uh, reasonability and all those things to respond to the Lord and to respond to uh, the governor's request. And so I'm going to pray now. I'm going to pray. And then uh, uh, Sunday has been deemed the national day of prayer or a national day of prayer. And so we're going to pray at the end of the message uh, fully. All right. So I'm going to pray a little intro prayer and then we're going to get going. Father, we love you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your sovereign uh, abilities, your acts, your 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 grace, your goodness, and we thank you today that wherever we are and whatever we're going through, well, you're on your throne. We thank you that you're the king over any virus. You're, you're our grace, you're our mercy, you're our wonder, you're our deliverer, you're our help, you're our healer. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Come on, let's thank God. All right. We're in a series called You're Up, You're Up, and today we want to talk about the crossing, the crossing, and so the title of the message is This is the Crossing, This is the Crossing, and, and uh, not so much about the church really, but really kind of yes, it is about the church, okay, because you are the church. Wherever you are around the world, if you're here, if you're there, wherever you are, every person is crossing from one place to the next place. Everybody is crossing. Everybody is in that season to some degree or another. And so God wants us all to know that this, these things that we talk about today, the crossing of the Jordan, is about that crossing, about what it means to be the person, the people who by faith cross into the promise of God, cross into the promise of God. If you're a life group leader, we're still, we're still doing that. Amen. We're still on our groove and uh, so you'll see right here the, the link that you can go to. I think that's the, yep, that's right. You can text join, lead, or host. And uh, if you're taking the 90-day tithe challenge as well, you can do that. You'll see this link as well. And so uh, some of you say, man, it's, you know, what's going on and the whole deal? And say, well, no, 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 no. There's never a better time to trust God than when things aren't that good. There's never a better time. 
There's, there's never a better time. God says if we're faithful with the little, he'll, he'll give us much. He'll bless us with much, okay? We're moving, as I just jump right in, this is the crossing. We're moving from a bad report to something good to say. We're moving from a bad report from something good to say. A bad report will ruin your day, won't it? A bad report will ruin your day, and if it continues, a bad report can actually derail your destiny. Derail your destiny. The story of the Hebrews is kind of a two-part story, right? The first sort of go around the Exodus with Moses, and they have incredible deliverance from Egypt and all of the plagues and all those things, and the parting of the Red Sea, and they cross over, the people cross over, and then, but they failed when they get to the precipice of the Promised Land. And so hysteria broke out, and a bad report moved from a bad report to complaining, and complaining moved to the actual precipitation of a curse. Check this out, Numbers 14, 1 through 3. That night all the people of the community raised their voices, and they wept aloud. See, when they came back with the report, it said the land does flow with milk and honey, but, right, everybody say but. But, say it longer, but. Everybody's got one. Not two, just one T. But, but the cities are fortified and the people are strong. And I see the, you know, the descendants of Nephilim, the Anak, the, the people that came from Goliath. They're huge people in the land. Do you know that God's report is bigger, bigger than any report you see on earth? God's report. He has the promised land for you. He has a destiny for you and all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly said to them if only we had died in Egypt I want to tell you nothing on this planet is worth going back to slavery nothing nothing if only we had died in Egypt or in the desert why is the Lord isn't it easy to blame the Lord why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to leave us to fall by the sword that's not our God our wives and our children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt when we react to what we see instead of believing what God says? We can't see our deliverance. The only thing that we can see is our destruction. But that's not the God that we serve, is it, church? That bad report then leads to sort of a hyper-emotionalism and complaining. Come on, can I get an amen? Come on, we just say cease in the name of Jesus. Cease especially those that indict these hyper sort of emotional responses that indict the character of God, it leads to that, the formation of an actual curse, an actual curse. And we want to stay out of that lane, don't we? This is a quote from C.S. Lewis. It's perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of painful premature death to a world that already bristles with such chances in which death itself was not a chance at all but certainty. Come on, this is the first point to be made and the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. Is to pull ourselves together. If we're going to be destroyed by things like an atomic bomb or some sort of virus, whatever it be, let the bomb come when it finds us doing sensible and human things. Come on, church. Let, let whatever it is, whatever come, praying, let, let it find us praying and working and teaching and reading and listening to music and bathing the children and playing tennis and chatting with our friends over a pint. Somebody got happy. Somebody got happy. Not huddled together and frightened like sheep, uh, you know, waiting for the thing to go off and they may break our bodies. A microbe can do that, right? But they need not dominate our minds today in the name of Jesus. They need not dominate our minds. 
we have something good to say. In every circumstance, in every season, believers have something good to say because Jesus is on his throne. He's on his throne. Many idle words or worrisome words, they increase stress. Numbers 14 through 28, 14, 28, actually, just the reference. What you confess is so important. Somebody needs to write this down as the first point. What you confess is actually allowed by God to come true to you. What you confess is allowed by God to actually manifest to you and to come true for you. So we want to confess faith in the name of Jesus. We, we want to believe in the provision and the power and the loving kindness of God himself. We don't want disgrace and distrust. We don't want that thing in our lives. Philippians 4, 4 through 9, rejoice in the Lord always. In all of these seasons, and do, you, do you remember not making light at all of the situation we're in? We don't know how long. We don't know how bad. We, we, we just are responding to God, right? And we don't know how long. Do you remember Y2K? Do you remember? I was like, it's, it's over. We're going to, it's over. We're ending. Why, why 2 k the entire globe, right? And so many things, 9-11. I want to tell you, you live in a strong country with a strong God. Yeah. Do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, we remember our thanksgiving. Present your request to the Lord and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on, dwell on, speak on, repeat those things. Those things. 2 Corinthians 4.13, it is written, I have believed, say believed, therefore I have spoken. Right? We speak faith. We speak life. With the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present him in his presence. I want you to know what ha whatever happens on this earth, you can declare Jesus is on my side. He's with me here, and he's going to be with me there. He's with me today. He's going to be with me tomorrow. He hasn't left me, nor has he ever forsaken me. What you say affects those who are around you. It's the orbit in which you live. It's the environment. It's the, um, it's the surrounding atmosphere around you, and you can either fall to it or you can make it bow to your knee. And you can say Jesus has dominion in this place. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, Therefore we do not lose heart. So we fix our eyes on what is, what is uh, seen. So we fix our eyes not. Sorry, that not is important. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. You know that God can dry up this virus and he can, he can remove it as quickly as it came into being on the planet. God can do that. Come on, everything takes place in the court, the council of heaven. That's why we can bind on earth as it is in heaven and why we ask, even demand on earth. That the earth and the atmosphere manifest what is already in heaven. So we begin to speak into the atmosphere in Jesus' name that this virus is rejected. It's rejected. <clears throat> so the Hebrews come to the second crossing. The second crossing, uh, Joshua chapter 3, if you have your Bible with you. And um, they go over this time. And here's where we are in the story. This is God's move. This is God's day. This is his hour. Uh, Joshua chapter 3, verse 1. I'm just going to read the whole chapter, okay? Early in the morning, 
And, and uh, those of you who are brand new, it's not that long. Bear with me. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim, and they went to the Jordan where they camped before, come on, say it with me, crossing. Oh, it's not there. You can't see it. It's coming? Maybe? No. Okay. You can say it with me. Before. Crossing. Over. Cha-ching. Good job. After three days, the officers went through the camp giving orders to the people this is important. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the, of the Lord your God and the priests who are the Levites carrying it, you're to move out from your positions and you're to follow it. Then you'll know which way to go since you've never been this way before. But keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the Ark and do not go near it. Joshua told the people, another very important point, consecrate yourselves today. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Come on, how many of you believe that today? Consecrate yourself today because God's moving. God's moving. Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and they went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I'll begin to exalt you in the eyes of Israel so that they may know I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Verse 9. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you'll know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. All the ites are getting out of here. See, the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. How many of you know that God goes ahead of you? God goes ahead of you. God is leading the Hebrews. God is leading the church. God is leading you. God is leading your family. He takes the risk. He goes first. He plunges into deep water. He comes out victorious. See the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth. It goes ahead of you. Choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who are carrying the ark of the Lord, the Lord God of all the earth, as soon as your foot sets into the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. 14. So when the people broke camp and crossed the Jordan, the priests carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who are carrying the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. While the water was flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, it was completely cut off. How many of you today can witness that by faith, hearing the word of God, you step? And when we step, the waters part. That God says, I, I will give you by faith a sovereign act, a sovereign move. And when your soul, the soles of your feet, touches the promised Land when it, when it touches the promise of my prediction for you, the pattern that I've given you, then the water moves. Then the water moves. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho, that's the Salt Sea, and it was completely cut off. <clears throat> the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all of Israel passed by until the whole nation, is it on the screen yet? No, it's not there. <laughs> The whole nation completed, it says, say it with me, the The crossing. crossing. Good job. On dry land. On dry land. Come on, can we thank God? Hey, listen. It's It's a new day. It's a new day. And there's new vision and there's new provision. 
It's a new day. It's a new day today. There's new vision. There's new provision. God is, God is moving. We're at the Jordan together. And the Jordan is where Jesus was baptized and it's new beginnings. And a couple of years ago, we were all there. Our family was there and it was beautiful. And, and it, it's, it's awesome. That's my middle daughter, Lainey. She's beautiful, darling. She was going down to the water. That's Trent. He's not a darling, but he's still good. And so our whole family got to be sort of rebaptized in the Jordan. But, but the Jordan crossing, this crossing, everybody say crossing. crossing. This crossing isn't just about new beginnings. It's about getting rid of the past. This is about the end before the new beginning. This is about ending. And I just want to pronounce, I want to speak this into the atmosphere. Today is the end of slavery. Today is the end. Remember, they were slaves for over 200 years. Today's the end of slavery. It's the end of sin. It's the end of poverty. Today's the end of faithlessness. It's the end of the fear of man. It's the end of existing. Existing, I'll get it out. With no identity. It's a brand new baptism into a whole new day. A new anointing of grace. A new faith for the future. Today, by faith, we're leaving the past behind and we're looking forward to what God has for us in the future. We're leaving it. Philippians 3.13 says this, Brothers, I don't consider myself to have taken hold of it, but this one thing I do, forgetting what was behind. I strain, I lean, I'm leaning forward. I press on to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Runners, take your mark. Runners, take your mark. It's a new vision. God's given us a new vision. God's given you a new vision. Today, right now, as we're preaching and we're teaching, God's given you a new vision. It's a new day, and there's a new vision. Right here, right now. Habakkuk 2.2. Then the Lord said, write the answer. Uh, translation, the vision. Make it plain so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. And while you're in your life group or you're in your home, this is so much about what God is doing in us, but it doesn't stop in us. It goes to the next generation. It goes to our neighbors and our friends and out to the world. It's not just about us. It's what God's doing in us to bless us to be a blessing. Um, here, here's some divine direction. We don't have the luxury anymore to just suggest a life group. A life group is now a lifeline. It's a place where you come together and you can relate. When the world is going crazy, you can relate. You can pray. You can connect. You can, uh, I was going to say hug, but it's okay. Just, just bump. The point is, is that you can gather with other people. We're way, way, way under the threshold of what's, what's been said so far. And if it changes, we'll tell you. We'll tell you, but it's time to get together. It's time to multiply. It's time to see your neighbors. I was coming out the other day, and my neighbor said to me, hey, pastor, he waved me down, and his voice was a little shaky. He said, is this the Revelation thing? Is this, is this what happens in Revelation? For some of you, um, I want to just clean that up a little bit. I, we have a pre-millennial view, which means I hope we have a balcony seat for everything that takes, year, it takes place in the, those years of tribulation, okay? I'm, I'm, we're sitting up here going, dang, it's going crazy down there. And so, and so that's when the bowls poured out and when a third of the earth and the whole thing. So but listen, listen to me. We don't know. Nobody knows the time, the air, and the season. We just interpret the times. And so here's what we say. Uh, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And we're going to serve him today. We're going to serve him tomorrow. We're going to serve him during virus and not during virus. We're going to serve him in rain and sleet and snow, and we're going to honor God. 
We're, we're, we're just going gonna to honor God. And if you're, if, you're, if you're a little bit, especially if your tendency is to get a little bit fearful, listen, I'm not chiding you. I'm not saying that at all. I want to comfort you, but I also want to call you out of, so it's a little bit discomfort, I want to call you up out of that discouragement. I want to call you into faith. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me and I'll answer you and I'll tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Call, call to me. I'll, I'll show you great and unsearchable things you don't know. And then uh, Jeremiah 33, 6 through 9, nevertheless, and, and I believe this is a prophecy. Um, can you guys, can you guys, there's my water. I was looking for my water this whole time. Pause. Man, I'm like a camel up here. Camels don't need water, but I do. <clears throat> Unsearchable things that you don't know. Okay, so I believe this is prophetic for our city and for our nation. Because uh, Hebrew, the Hebrews had been captured by Babylon. Bad, bad things were happening. We don't know how long. We don't know. And like, we're settling in here, right? We're, we're settling in. We're going we're gonna to serve God. We don't know how long. But then he says this, Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. This was God's word to them at that time, translates to us now. And I will heal my people and I'll let them enjoy abundant peace and security. And I'll bring Judah and Israel, I believe this is prophetic, for the church back from captivity and I will rebuild them as they were before. God's going to take the dividing wall, the two men, bring them together, make them one. And I will cleanse them from all of their sin that they have committed against me. And I'll forgive them all of their sins of rebellion against me. Then this city then this city, the city of Tampa and the city that you're in, then this city will bring me renown, joy, praise, honor before all the nations that hear and all the good things that I've done for it. And then they will be in awe and will tremble about the abundant prosperity and the peace that I provide for it. Come on, let's give God some glory. Seriously, seriously, listen. If this thing were to do something in us, it would be a good thing. If God could sovereignly move and we could get rid of our differences and we could really reach out to our neighbors and the churches could come together, God would pour out peace and prosperity. I believe that the season, I believe he's going to dry it up. I believe he's going to raise the bar again. I believe finances are going to come back. I believe grace is going to come back. I believe faith is going to survive, not just survive, but thrive in this season. So, so what's your confirmation as a follower of Jesus Christ? So you show me, what's my confirmation? Here, Joshua 3, 3. When you see, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and you see the priests, the Levites, and you see them carrying it, then move out. Come on, church, move out. Church, in the name of Jesus, move out. That's when, when you see it, when you prove it, when you feel it, when, there's, when, there's, when the winds of revival, when there's a, a revival wind blowing, somebody can't just stand up and say, hey, this is a revival. The body's got to recognize revival. The body has to say, yes, this is what God is doing. This is what God is doing. The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord is the preeminent piece of, uh, I don't want to say furniture, it's the item that's most heavily described in Joshua 3 and 4. 16 times it's mentioned in Joshua 3 and Joshua 4. 16 times. And it was the place of God's dwelling, his permanent dwelling place, the epicenter of his divine presence and power. And so here's what God's saying. If you're going to change your life, and if you're going to leave your past behind, and if you're going to forge the Jordan, and if you're going to face fortified cities and giants on the other side, then you need to know you can't do it in your flesh. You've got to do it by the Spirit of God. I'm with you. I've gone ahead of you. I've gone before you. Depend on me. Your arm can't do it. Your arm cannot do it. 
we, uh, we have a painting that has been circulating at the crossing for some years, and it's about the platform. See the platform and, and uh, the keys to the kingdom. And it's as, as we share the keys of the kingdom in our city and multiple churches and denominations and so on, and there are thousands of people, and there's a river flowing from the word of God that is declared on all platforms, on the platforms where the word of God is declared and the word of God is honored and God is pouring himself. God can in this season pour himself into this city. He can. He can pour himself into this city. We've uh, we had, you've been praying every, every week on Wednesday at noon. We've been praying for over 10 years and there is a, there's a thing that's happening. You can't, we're going to gather for noon prayer, by the way. Come to noon prayer. Come, vamanos, or vamo, or something, some word that I don't know. Come. Ven aquí. I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing a little, I'm hearing something. I don't know. I'm going to stop. I'm going to get myself in trouble. Come to noon prayer. Um, there's been, a, there's, there's a rumbling taking place. And the Spirit of God is moving. A lady, uh, a lady came up to me after noon prayer. So many things happened last week, noon prayer, Wednesday. And a lady came to me and she said, uh, it's very, very simple but profound. She said, Pastor, uh, you know, an Indian lady, she said, we're now crossing. And, and I, I said, uh, we are? She said, yes, the oil is flowing from the feet of the priests. And then she said, <laughs> I love this, now I know which way to go. Now I know which way to go. See, we've never been this way before. I, I, I believe that revival wind's going to break out on the West Coast. And it's going to spread all the way to the East Coast, connect the coast, and God's going to flip our country upside down in this tragedy. I do. <clears throat> I really, I believe that. God can turn this nation right side up in the middle of something that looks like we're upside down. Oh, the economy and all those things. God has got this. It's a new day with a new vision and new provision. Kadash is the Hebrew word to consecrate yourself. Because coming in the next few days, the next day, the next week, the next year, God's going to do great and mighty things. He's going to show you. It's got a, a stem on it in Hebrew, in the Hebrew language, which means there's personal responsibility. And here's, here's what the word consecrate means, to set yourself apart, to create in yourself a capacity to receive greater amounts of God, to prepare yourself, to set yourself aside or to pull out of uh, the proverbial rat race to run a different race. To have the anointing of God fall on your life, to be used for the work that God created for you in this life. The Old Testament words in Exodus and Leviticus in particular talked about the priest and the washing. How important is washing right now? The washing and the sacrificing. The sacrificing of prayer, the washing and the cleansing of going to freedom and lifting off of yourself. Do you know that God uses holy vessels? 
And when we come and we consecrate ourselves, we're washing and we're cleaning. We're washing in the word. We're washing in our confession. We're washing. We're cleaning. We're preparing for what God wants to do. Exodus 19, 10, and 22, and 40, 13. It, it talks about dealing with sin inside the soul so that we might clean the inner man so that what is on the inside is displayed on the outside. So that um, lowly man takes the position, I want to pronounce over you priesthood today. I want to pronounce over you priesthood. And the priest would wash at the laver. They would sacrifice at the altar. They would burn incense before going before the Holy of Holies, and then they would pass through the veil. Jesus has already allowed you to pass through the veil. He rent the veil from two, from top to bottom. When Jesus died, he opened the way for you into the Holy of Holies. And we consecrate ourselves to go in before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, our God, who goes ahead of us. And we say to him, God, I'm not worthy, but I'm willing. I'm not worthy, but I'm willing. Use me. Use me in the priesthood. Use me in my neighborhood. Use me with my children. Use me. If the Old Testament and its theology talks about or states consecration, the New Testament screams it. It literally screams of consecration. The infilling of the Holy Spirit and its control over our lives, church, is the only way that a consecrated life in victory can be lived. The only one. To obtain the promise of the promised land, to rest. How many of you want to rest in peace in this life? How many of you want to rest in peace? That only comes from the presence of God living inside of me. The person and the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is the only agent who can deal with the, three, the big three. Sin and the devil and the world. Your flesh and the devil and the world. He's the only one who can deal with them. Without the Holy Spirit and his infilling in our lives, a pouring out of his holy infilling in our lives, then we will fall over and over and over and we will circle like the first group of Israelites and we will go to the promise and not go in and go to the promise and not go in and go to the promise and not go in. But with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with the infilling of the Holy Ghost, God will fill us and he will charge you. He will put your flesh in order. He'll take dominion over the natural world and he'll say to the devil, back up, joker. The New Testament apostles were so filled with the Holy Spirit that their shadow caused the devil to cry for mercy. Now that's some filling. I pray that we'd begin to live that way today. I pray that we'd begin to live that way today. So I pray we would begin to live that way today. I pray that we would be absorbed and obsessed, commissioned by God, called by him, baptized into a new baptism of the crossing, a new day and a new vision and a new provision. How many of you need new provision? Come on. So I want to pray. I want to begin to pray now, and I, I, I want to just, I want you to pray with me. I don't want you to, so in America, we say, I want to pray, and we go, chunk. we kind of shut off. Uh, I, I want you to just, I want you to stay with me. I want to pray. And first, I want to pray for our servant leaders and our leaders, and I want to pray for our team. I want to pray for our staff. I want to pray, and here's what I want to pray. I want to, I want to pray that we begin to experience church beyond our buildings. I want to pray that we have faith that's bigger than our four walls. I want us to begin to uh, stretch, lengthen our tent cords, and to call on the name of God.
to call on him. This whole text has an air of expectation in it. The Hebrews, when they, you know, when you cross the Jordan, I'm expecting to go over. I'm expecting to go over. And then we'll have divine instruction about fortified cities and giants. You know, the angel of the Lord is coming. We want to receive his power and believe in his power and be filled with the fullness of the measure of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 1, 7 through 8, as I pray this over you, uh, we don't know the times and the date the Father has set by his authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit of God comes on you to be his witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. We receive that commissioning in Jesus' name. We want to believe in his power. The apostles performed many wondrous signs among the people and all the believers. They met together in Solomon's colonnade and no one dared to join them. The people were so freaked out by what they contained that they actually kept distance from them. And it wasn't, it wasn't, hey, we're not gathering in groups of a thousand. But listen, even though they were highly regarded by the people, nevertheless, more and more, and I'll add another more, 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 and more men and women believed in the Lord Jesus and were added to their, their number daily. As a result, the people brought the sick into the streets. And I'm praying for you that in your life group, God would do something so significant in your living room that people would walk down the street and call out the name of Jesus. That they would say to you, who is the God you serve? So that Peter's shadow might fall on them and some of them passed by and crowds gathered from the towns of Jerusalem and bringing their sick and their tormented by evil spirits, all of them, they were healed. And I pray that you would find the fullness of the measure of Jesus in Ephesians 3.16. And I pray out of his glorious riches that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your innermost being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have the power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Jesus who is the Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the fullness of the measure of Jesus. And now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine according to the power that's at work within us. Come on, lay your, your hand on your chest. You're a servant leader. You're a leader in our church. You're a staff member to the power that's at work within you. To him be the glory in the church and Jesus Christ through all generations forever and ever. He can do more than you imagine. He can do more than you imagine. To the families and the individuals, and I want you to join me, you can... I want you to join me now, and I want you to think about the people who are already affected some and the people who are, who are uh, they're already compromised in some way. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, surely he took our infirmities and he carried our sorrows. This is Jesus. And yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. So we bind the effects of this sickness and disease in Jesus' name. We bind because we have the authority to. We cut off his intended outcomes and even the curse of death as we pray. We demand that it lapse into oblivion, that it falls off the face of the earth. We command the atmosphere to reject it, to dilute it, to drown it, or by any means to dry it up at its source. Lord, divide it, kill it, crush it, remove it. Do whatever it takes. Disarm coronavirus 19. Disarm it at its source. Now for our communities and our neighborhoods that God would turn this into an opportunity. 
for his grace and for his goodness. And Ephesians 2, 17 said that he came and preached the word with power. Those who are far away, they received peace. And those who are near received peace. For through him both, they have access to the Father and by his spirit. And I pray that neighbors would have access to his spirit. They would see and hear. Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. And I pray that many would come to know Jesus because of a virus. And I pray that you would understand that you're now grafted into the foundation of a new house whose cornerstone is Jesus. That you would be included now in a holy temple that's the Lord's. And that you'd be built together into a dwelling by his spirit. We pray peace. We pray pardon. Inroads into new buildings and a new citizenship that the cornerstone is Jesus. And now for our nation, we pray that you would spare our nation and prepare us to help the rest of the world. Prepare us, God. Prepare us, God, in Jesus' name. Do not be anxious about anything but in prayer and petition, supplication, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which passes understanding, it transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God, we give thanksgiving for our president, President Donald Trump, in Jesus' name. Come on, we need to give it up more than that in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's give it up. Thank you for decisive action. Thank you for protection. Thank you that you protect him from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. Thank you, God, that you'll flatten the trajectory of this thing in Jesus' name, that we are spared in our nation. Thank you for what you're doing around the world to contain this thing. Thank you, God, that we're taking quick and decisive action. Thank you for the private and the public sector, com sector coming together for testing, God. Make it available in Jesus' name. God, thank you that testing will be available soon. And God, we pray. We pray for a, a, an antibody to this thing. We pray for the vaccine cure. Revelation chapter 12, then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of Jesus, who is the Christ. For the accuser of the brethren who accuses them before God day and night has been hurled down. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in the heavens. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. There's trouble today. There's trouble today. But his time is short, and he knows it. The battle belongs to the Lord. Christ is already victorious. God, we're praying now as in conclusion that you bring your divine power to this earth. Come on, I want you to pray a bold prayer. Start with me right here, right now. Come on, pray a prayer with me. Start with me right here, right now. Bring your divine nature to our nation. Bring your power and your authority in broken vessels. Bring it, God. Flip this place right side up. Give us a heart and the strength to transform our own lives, our own house, our own household, our own church, our own region, our own state, our own nation, so that we would be the helpmate to the world. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. This is the crossing. It's a new day with a new vision and new provision. It's a new day with new vision and new provision. It's a new day 
with a new vision, with new provision. We count on you, Holy Spirit of God. And Father, now we, we pronounce the name of Jesus. And wherever you are, if you're in a living room or you're somewhere in the kitchen, you're somewhere around the world, you've got battle fatigues on, if you've got pajamas on, we want to call on the name of Jesus now. And so every voice, I want you to join me. Would you, would you join me now? Say, Lord Jesus, today's the day. I surrender. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm asking you to fill me. I know that I've sinned. I turn it over. And I give you my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now on the count of three, if you prayed that prayer, wherever you are around the world, I want you to signal. We're going to follow the signal up. Pastor Wade's coming now. And we're going to follow the signal up in just a minute. He's coming. But I want you to just, I want you to raise your hand with me on the count of three. Just as a sign, as a signal saying, I gave my life to Jesus. One, two, three. Come on. Come on. I, by faith, I see you. By faith, I see you in the name of Jesus.